everyone, and welcome to the Kenny Wallace Show, brought to you by Jags, right there, the leader in high-performance aftermarket car parts. Remember to go to Jags for anything you need, wheels, tires, mufflers, motors, they have it all at jags.com. All right, Herminator's scratching his head on this one. We're going to knock some things out of the way about that NASCAR Cup race at Richmond. Okay, Kyle Larson is your winner, and Kyle has been knocking on the door all year long. The right car won the race for the second week in a row. Last week at Circuit of the America, Tyler Reddick won, and that was the right car to win. I think consistency throughout the day. Uh, we had different stage winners, which kind of, it's like who dominated, right? William Byron, man, this guy has got it going on. He, he, he wins stage one. Our most controversial driver right now, Denny Hamlin, wins stage two. And then, of course, at the end, do we don't really call it, I guess you could call it stage three, but it's the final winner. It's the man that won the race. Kyle Larson has been fast uh, all year long. Now, listen, you know, the it, it starts getting long, right? Race one, race two. Race, once you start getting past race five, we're deep into the NASCAR season. But Kyle Larson is your winner. I think he deserves to win because he he was good, right? I mean, that's just my opinion. And uh, Jeff Gluck put out. Uh, I, I like to give Jeff Gluck a shout out because I think some of his things are really well. I don't agree with judging a race. I don't. You know, the Herminator doesn't like judging because it's hard to have everything the way you want it. However, uh, you know, he has done this thing. Do you think it was a good race? I'll split it with him. As of Today's show is, I think it's going to rank as the best race of the year. It's like 81% said it was a good race. So as you're watching this, you're like, it was not a good race. Well, you might be on an island by yourself. Because 81%, the last time I looked at Jeff Gluck's numbers on Twitter, uh, as Larry McReynolds will say, Herman, I saw it on Twitter. <laughs> Twitter's a great information place. It's not a good place to be on. because a lot of fighting goes on there. All right. So uh, we told you the stage winners. We told you uh, who won the race, Kyle Larson. But we're going to, as they say in TV, we're going to address some business first. If I heard it once, I heard it 10 times. Why did the NASCAR Cup cars have mud flaps on them? Well, we just call them mud flaps. Richmond was one of those rain races that they were going to try to please all you fans. Remember early in the year? NASCAR going to race in the rain. What? Oh, okay. I mean, racing road courses in the rain is one thing. But racing at, at Richmond in the rain? So technically, uh, they left the mud flaps, rain flaps, whatever you want to call them. They left the mud flaps on the cars because they, they could have qualified, practiced in the rain. And that keeps the spray from coming up off the rear tire. So hopefully we put that to bed. But what I think is kind of funny is Bob Pacras makes a report and says NASCAR says, even though the car's got the windshield wipers on and they got the, the mud flaps on, they really won't race in the rain, but they might they might start racing if the track's a little wet. And that would have been exciting. Hey, the track's a little wet. Let's go green flag. Oh, the track's drying out. Now they, now they would pit for what we call dry tires, right? 
you got the rain tires on. When the track starts getting dry, those tires go to hell in a handbasket, so you'd have to pit under caution to put the slicks on, right? So, all right. And then one more, uh, shifting. Everybody's like, they're shifting at racetracks. We never thought they would shift in a million years. The reason they're shifting now is NASCAR's made it easy with this new next-gen car. It's called sequential shifting. No more H pattern, which, listen, I know most of you know, but there's still a lot of fans. You know, we the old H pattern. First, pull straight back into second, up and over into third, back to fourth. Kind of hard to shift. You know, I mean, you can go fourth to third, but, you know, you can gear the transmission the way you want to benefit you. So the reason everybody's shifting is because, you know, you buy the cars and the cars are, are the same. And as, as an engineer, you're thinking, how can we, how can I make my car better than theirs? See, there's, there's this, there's this old philosophy that all, you know, that my driver's better than yours, which is fine. But when you get in NASCAR, I guarantee you got a lot of drivers that are pretty good, right? So in reality, the crew chiefs and engineers know, how can I make my car better? Like a horse race. You know, the, you know, the, the, the jockey on the horse, he's just riding a fast horse. Now, he might got famous because he won, you know, a, a big horse race. But in reality, the, the horse is fast, right? So you want a fast horse. So they're, they're shifting everywhere, trying to gain an advantage on the other car. All right. Mud flaps gone, shifting gone. And uh, that was a big deal that I told Charlie Marlowe. I said, Charlie, during our race breakdown, we got to address two elephants in the room that on Twitter. And I had, for the first time, the Herminator had people texting him. <laughs> Just good dirt racing friends of mine that are watching the race. Why they got mud flaps on? This was one of those so-called rain races. All right, let's get to it. So, um, Herminator got his notes. I try. Yes, I do. Tell you what I do is I take the phone. I take my phone. Big brothers come. So I take my phone and go to that note section. I like that note section right here. Where's it at? Right there. Go to go to that note section. I make my notes because I watch the race and I talk into it and I and I get my notes written because you got to be ready. Um. Number one, controversy. Denny Hamlin jacks J.J. Yaley in the butt and spins him out. Now, Herminator's not going to – listen, we all know that I like Denny Hamlin. But Denny Hamlin got his own show, Actions Detrimental. Let Denny Hamlin, because he's going to address it. So before I make a fool out of myself, because I didn't see anything before – you know, and TV didn't show anything. Denny's going to tell the truth. Now, I don't think he's going to admit to spending him out because it, it cost him $50,000 out there in Phoenix to admit and, you know, running Ross Chastain in the wall. So I'm going to let Denny Hamlin handle this, and then maybe the next show I'll come back and, and compliment, you know, Denny on what he's saying. And, and I'm not weaseling out. We all know Denny Hamlin right, run right in the back of J.J. Yelly and spun him out. Now, J.J. Yelly comes on and goes, well, I guess he needed a caution. And J.J. Yelly say, you know, <laughs> I, I'm catching myself talking like Larry McReynolds. J.J. Yelly say, <laughs> J.J. Yelly said, 
that Denny must have needed a caution because he, he spun me out and uh, got the caution because Denny was in, in trouble early in the race. So I'm not fading away from it. I'm just saying, listen, I'm calling an audible. He's got his own TV radio show. Let Denny, let's let Denny Hamlin tell you what happened because I got to thinking about it. Denny could have said, well, a lap before he cut me off and he knew I was there, so. Or he just got in the corner too deep. So it's easy for me to sit here and go, Denny Hamlin wrecked him on purpose. I think that I think that type of talk's going to slow down because of the $50,000 fine. It's cool. I wrecked him. Fine. <laughs> You're going to get fined because NASCAR's already, you know, they already, we already went down that road at Phoenix, you know, so we all know about that story, right? Or do I assume you don't know about that story? Well, Denny Hamlin wrecked Ross Chastain and then didn't admit it, but got on Actions Detrimental, which is his show, and said, yeah, I wrecked him on purpose. And then NASCAR finding because he admitted it. All right. Um, you know, I'm looking at my notes here just because, uh, you know, we, we know William Byron wins the first one. We know that uh, Denny Hamlin wins the second one. And Herman Ray likes to, you know, we know they go around in circles. That Not much comment, but we highlight things, right? So I think this was a race. Uh, I think the reason this this race ranks so high as a good race is because they finally had to stop for tires. You know, the Herminator calls you you the fans out too. You, remember, I say your your fork. This is a boring race. Your fork and tongue. This is a boring race. I need more wrecks. Well, this was a great race. Old school. Remember all the kids now, twenty year old kids. They wear an old school shirts, vintage shirts. This was an old school race. Wow, they, they've gone green flag for so long that got they got to make pit stops. I'm running out of gas. You know, so then you got some fans that don't know what they want. They're like, oh, it's boring. This is NASCAR. This is NASCAR. This is, I, uh, well, listen, it's strategy. You heard at the end. Uh, so-and-so finished, the, uh, you know, your strategy. Listen, strategy is what NASCAR is all about. So, I like this race. You know, we, we saw some people, you know, we saw old tires getting really slow. Uh, you know, the track's starting to wear out a little bit. So there's a little gravel that sticks up, grinds those tires down. Tires, you know, you start out running 21 seconds and then 20 laps later, run 23 seconds. Cars are getting slow. They're sliding up the track. There's a lot of passing. Watch, watch the race. Watch the race. And, you know, you see some good battles. So um, that's why shifting did come into play because the cars started getting slow. When they got slow, they'd grab another gear, you know. So uh, I, I addressed that. I wanted to talk about hitting under green. I liked it. I thought it was awesome. Let's go right away to that big wreck towards the end of the race. Um, you know, right away, you know, Christopher Bell, that's a story on its own. They come down that straightaway. Great race. Four wide. Three wide. Okay. And then Ross Chastain is the punching bag of the year, right? Kind of like I am around here to the locals. You know, the, the locals around here, the, the racers that I race, they don't rough up anybody. But because I take it, it's okay. You know, I'm the punching bag around here. Man, Wallace got that NASCAR money. He ought to win. Well, now, now it's... It's the Ross Chastain punching bag. 
It's remember the old blaming on JJ. Now it's blaming on Ross. So here we go. We come down the front straightaway, dog leg front straightaway, and Ross Chastain got a good run. He goes to the inside. Listen, we're coming towards the end of the race. Time to make a move. Lots of room. Lots of room. He just goes in there. He don't even make it tight. He's going under Christopher Bell. As it, it startles Christopher Bell. Christopher Bell looks left. Oh, no. Turns right. As he turns right, William Byron's coming down. It was, the, it was a wreck. It was an accident. It was the perfect wreck, right? So William's coming down, right? William Byron's coming down. Seabell's coming up. Wreck. And here's what's kind of wild. When the whole race is over, they interview Christopher Bell. And he, he you know, he kind of says, Chastain making it three, four wide when he shouldn't. Hermator likes everybody, except I call drivers out when they make a mistake. And I'm like, well, very clear that, you know, C. Bell hasn't seen the highlights. So it's kind of funny. Later that night, I saw it on Twitter. <laughs> That's, hey, we got, we got the, the new shirt here from Worldwide Technology. Now we're going to make a new one. I saw it on Twitter. Christopher Bell gets on Twitter later that night and says, I want to apologize. I had a lot of room. Didn't realize it. Sorry to William Byron. So what, what turns out being a big deal, once Christopher sees that, you know, the highlight goes, my bad. I had all types of room and didn't know about it. So that's that one. And, and at the end, here's what I want to address. And I want to give a shout out. Uh, before I do that, let me give you a little, dis- I was going to grab my glasses, but I can, I think that's just a habit. Let's go through this top 10. Uh, Kyle Larson's your winner. I know the Hermanator are doing this a little late. Kyle Larson wins, wins the race. Josh Berry, number one star. Wow. I said way back when he finished 10th, he's a cup driver. And now everybody says it. Now even uh, Jeff Gordon says he, he's a cup driver. Hey. Leave it to the Herm Raider show. It, it it makes Chase Elliott look 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 human. Now we, we know Chase Elliott's a great race car driver. He's won and everything. But Josh Berry has too. So you know, this is like Josh Berry's third or fourth race, and he's already run second on pitch strategy. But he's there and he stayed there. Uh, Ross Chastain third, Christopher Bell was fourth, Kevin Harvick fifth, Michael McDowell. My second star, Michael McDowell, two really good races in a row. If you watch that video of Michael McDowell, uh, that last lap at Circuit of the America, I think he went from 31st to 13th. Google it. YouTube it, I mean. (laughs) We say Google for everything, but I mean YouTube it. Michael McDowell did the most insane driving at Circuit of the Americas on the last lap. Passed like 20 cars. But he comes back and finishes sixth the second week. So I think I think that old back marker team that we used to call them that truck and trailer. They parked them truck and trailers by points. That you know, well, I mean, the teams involved now. So the Hendrick team they parked the truck trucks right next to each other. But because they gave the Hendrick team their points back, they made a big deal out that the Hendrick truck and trailers are back up front now, right? That Michael McDowell team could be moving up in the garage area, in the good area, because that's two really good finishes in a row. So Michael McDowell on pit strategy. But let, 
He got to drive it. He finishes sixth. Outrun Joey Logano right, right behind him. Joey Logano seventh. Alice Bowman eighth. Ty Gibbs ninth. And that's another top 10. I know you don't like him because he's got grandpa's money and everything. But remember, the Herminator's rules. If you got family money and you run good, I don't want to hear about it. Because the point is, is if you're getting in there and you're getting the job done, it, it don't count. All right. Now, if you got Diddy's money and you run that mouth and you're not right to people and you're mean and you don't do good, fair play. So Ty Gibbs, another top 10. Uh, Brad Keselowski, uh, I, I still I still think, you know, Brad is, is turning uh, Roush around. So Brad Keselowski in 10. But, uh, yeah, I, I really want to say uh, that, that Michael McDowell impressed. Uh, you know, he shows up. That, that team has been around, you know, it's called a backmarker team. But I, I believe that this new car has really righted the ship. Uh, as a lot of people nowadays, they want everybody equal. Well, if you want everybody equal and you want everybody to be given everything the same, it's it's still a, it's still a rich man's sport. You know, them, them cars are $500,000, $550,000 a piece. And, uh, you know, our backmarker team, you know, they bought those cars. And, and now they're more on a level, level playing field. But the top team's still going to find a little bit of advantage. They're going to have a little better pit stops. They're going to have a little better people, uh, faster tire changers, get you out of the pits, gain six spots. So that's another thing. You know, that one lug nut, there's, there's, still, there's still fast pit stops and there's still slow pit stops. So that's not turning out to be like we thought. We thought, oh, this is going to make everybody's pit stops the same. Well, people are still gaining. So, uh all right, I think that's it. Let Herminator check his notes over. Um, we we talked about the mud flaps. We talked about the shifting. We talked about Michael Gibbs. Michael, Michael Gibbs. Michael McDowell. <laughs> All right, Herman. Straighten it up. All right, I think that's it. Uh, it was another good race. Now, listen, when NASCAR has a bad race, I'll let you know. But right now, all is good. Uh, I end the show. We're going to do this a couple more times to remind everybody. Charlie Marlowe got me a nice camera. Our picture's way better. You can hear us really good because we got a great microphone. And uh, we're rolling. Woo! That was a lot. We went on. Okay, everybody remember, uh, we're, get, we're getting big on podcasts. People are listening to us now on the way to work. We're, we're showing up on the meter now because of the good microphone. Because you can hear us so good. <laughs> All right, Herman, you beat that with ours. Remember, we're on Spotify and iTunes. Until the next show, I love you all.